today on 2C Fans. So like what's in the O Baby exhibit that you took a macro to? I love hanging out with the Mandarin Dragonettes. What's that? <laughs> Ooh, they sound like a band. Yeah. <laughs> very, I like hanging out with them, too. Like, very colorful, vibrant fish that look like they belong in, like, New Orleans or something like that. <laughs> very vibrant. Wow. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Yeah. Mardi, Mardi fish. Gras fish. Hello, and welcome to Two Sea Fans and Moat. I'm Haley Rutger. And I am Joe Nicholson. And uh, as a reminder, we're your podcast on marine science, conservation, and education from Moat Marine Laboratory. And today we have a very unusual guest here because we're getting unusual in, unusual because we're getting into the the art side of it. Ooh, the side of he is kind of unusual in his, in his look. What his hair is? No, it's not. Yeah, okay. I meant unusual in that it's what he does is more of an art form. I was going to say he has hair. Irrelevant. An elephant. Irrelevant. So, Connor, how are you? This is Connor Goulding. What's going on, buddies? <laughs> it's going good. How are y'all doing? Very good. Very good. What's your title at Moat? My title is Electronic Media Coordinator, which is a very technical term of photographer. Photographer. Well, cool. You are Moat's photographer, so that must mean you photograph a lot of very cool things. Like, give me some examples. Uh, yeah, it's a very diverse shooting range I do. Uh, lots of animals such as uh, eagle rays and uh, manatees and a lot of assorted fish, whether they're in an aquarium or out in the field. And uh, yeah, pretty much any fish you can imagine in the water or out of the water. How did you end up here? Where, where does Connor Goulding hail from? I hail from uh, the great city of Naples, Florida. Uh, a couple hours south of here. Um, I can say I'm pretty much an aquaholic. I've been in and out of the water my whole life. You like to drink a lot of water? He drinks a lot of water. <laughs> like too much? I, I do the swimming in the water. I don't really drink that water. But um, Not that water. Okay. <laughs> fish pee in that water. Oh. Yeah, ew. That's why it tastes so weird. But uh, no, so um, I'm, uh, yeah, kind of developed a love for just uh, oceanic and uh, just the feel and the love of water. <laughs> so you 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 go diving a heck of a lot, right? Like, what yeah. kind of dives do you do? Uh, I love doing all the dives. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of the dives, um, whether it's uh, like if you can name it, he loves to do it. <laughs> but that's like what kind? Like you dive real deep, or you like to go on reefs or grass flats? Like, what do you like to go see? Well, let, let's back up. Yeah. What are you certified? as a diver like how are you what is your certification so i am a rescue diver Ooh. so if anyone ever needs any saving i can uh, help you all <laughs> all right good and, to know <laughs> and you're why did you go ahead with uh going all the way up to a uh, rescue diver when you probably didn't need that to be an underwater photographer uh actually uh my father opened up a charter business uh down in naples called the uh, krakenoon charters and uh, he needed a first mate and so i kind of went through the ranks of all the diving school and got there so i can kind of help out whenever you needed oh cool so you know shout out to what's the name of the uh, charter again down in naples Krakenoon charters Krakenoon. we don't like waking up that early so <laughs> so it's <laughs> my kind of charity <laughs> Krakenoon charters we may be hungover, but we'll get you out there oh <laughs> joe made that part up that's our tagline yeah, yeah right? that's the tagline <laughs> so, so did you go to school for photography uh, actually no i went to school for a natural resource conservation at uh, virginia tech Oh, go Hokies. Go Hokies. Wait, and so is that, or is like the charter um, business where you learned all these fish IDs and learned so much about the ocean? Because I, I tell you, if I ask Connor what fish is that, half, more than half the time he knows. Way uh, more than half. 
Well, I, I just, growing up, I was always obsessed with fish, and I had a bunch of fish identification books, and that was pretty much my life for 18 years until I went to Virginia. And so, yeah, any fish under the sea, I can name pretty well. Wow. That one's Charlie. That one's Dan. That one's Rico. <laughs> Rico. <laughs> Enrique. He likes the Spanish fish. He does. Uh, so wait, okay, let's, so you did all this stuff. So it sounds like you actually have just the right background to have this job. How'd you get here? Um, good question. Uh, my father, actually, he was, um, he heard, he's heard of Moat. And I never really heard too much about it. And my dad mentioned that they had like a like a photography program, or just mm-hmm. in like uh, golf and in this time golf in Mexico research and uh, like red tide research and everything that kind of affects our fishing lives. Yep. And so my father thought it'd be hey good I good opportunity to go and try it out and see how it works. So I kind of looked at at Moat and saw they had the photography program and. I said, hey, why not? And you interned, right? Give it a shot. Yes. Weren't you an intern? Yeah, you were. Yes. Yeah. He, was, he was intern one, I think. Joe, yeah. Joe or was gives, he pre-intern? <laughs> Joe gives all our interns numbers. Yes. I like they're what. not people? I'm not, just well, kidding. Well, you get attached to them if you give them names. Oh, <laughs> then we miss them. And then we miss them. So. We do miss our interns, but so, Connor stayed because he's good at his job. So now he has a name, Connor. <laughs> He had a name before that. <laughs> so and it, so, tell us about like the kind of stuff you take photos of. You said like eagle rays, research trips, fish in the aquarium. Like when you're doing that, give us an example of how you get a really good photo. Like what do you have to think about? Oh man, there's uh, a lot of stuff to get the right photo. It all depends on what you're trying to shoot and kind of like what type of message you're going to get out there. So let's pick one, like the eagle ray, for instance. So say they've got an eagle ray that they've caught, they're tagging and releasing for research. What kind of photo do you want? Um, You want to have, for Moat's purposes, we want to have people engaged in the field. Yeah. So what what I strive to do is get an eagle ray and a person, or a person working on the eagle ray, that kind of creates... um, like a connection a human can like make. Um, yeah. Yeah. At an interesting angle with some maybe cool backgrounds and the lighting just right. And you, there's a lot of things you have to consider. If you want to get very technical, yes. Um, it's not just, hey, look at the eagle ray in a person. Snap. Yeah, you got you had the message overall, but then you also kind of had to make it look pretty and kind of like eye-popping. So uh, when people are looking, scrolling through a magazine, they don't just kind of like, oh, cool, 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 okay. No, you got to think of something that's kind of engaging and makes you kind of like look through the photo hmm. and actually take more than five seconds to look at it. Yep. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's that's a lot harder than it looks. You make it look pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> you, you have taken some really good shots. You got any... Um, Real favorites that you know. This is like the best shot you got at Mode or something. Oh, real favorites here at Mode. Yeah, favorites, <clears throat> dude. Um, pull, pull pick one your, out your here. favorite child. <laughs> that's that's a terrible question to say. <laughs> um, Fine. I do. I love going around the aquarium and doing some macro photography of uh, some of our fish and O baby. So oh, the, yeah. what's macro? Macro is like microscopic, like getting really close and the finer details of smaller fish. So it's like, it's just a, above microscopic. It's like, we can still see it, but it's really tiny. Yes, it's like exactly. A, like a baby fish fry or a baby octopus or something. Yes, exactly. So like, what's in the O oh Baby exhibit that you took a macro of? I love hanging out with the uh, Mandarin Dragonettes. 
What's Ve- that? <laughs> Ooh, they sound like a band. Yeah. <laughs> very, I like hanging out with them, too. Like, very colorful, vibrant fish that look like they belong in, like, New Orleans or something like that. <laughs> very vibrant. Wow. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Yeah. Mardi, Mardi, Mardi Gras fish. Mardi Gras band fish. Mandarin dragonettes. I don't even... I don't know if any... Do any of us know where they're from? The name Mandarin suggests... I would suggest, like, the Indo-Pacific or yeah. China Sea. Where all the beautiful stuff comes from. Yes. Well, you guys will have to look them up because I don't know, but... <clears throat> That's very cool. So let's get techie for a minute. Like what? No oh, man. What techie stuff do you need to take a good photo? Because I hear these terms like composition, lighting, white balance, and stuff. Well, before you even do that, you need yeah. to have the gear. You need to have the gear. And if you don't have the gear, so you got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Now, so what kind of gear are you using? Do you prefer a Canon or Nikon, or what are you shooting with? So I'm kind of a Canon snob. Okay. Um, okay. I strict, I strictly just shoot Canon. I can't do Nikon. It's like driving in New Zealand. It's everything's a complete. It's opposite. on the other side of the road. Yeah. Really? So you're using a Rebel, or have you gone up to what is it? What's the newest one? Is that a D something? So or? the Canon I just recently got was the Canon 5D Mark IV. That's wow. um, the sounds n- like a weapon. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. They're very fancy with these terms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it came out about a year ago, and um, it's a beautiful camera. What are its features compared to the last camera you had that are different? So I used to shoot with a Canon Rebel SL1. Uh, I got that due to being my... It, it was the camera that fit into my underwater housing. Uh. Um, so it's kind of a cheaper camera, smaller camera. But what this new camera does, it's really good with its ISO, which means I can shoot better in darker settings. And it also has Wi-Fi connectivity. Ooh. So if I'm out in the field and let's say if Haley needs a photo immediately, I can use my phone and uh, my or my camera and just connect them through Wi-Fi. And then I can literally transfer my photo right that I just took right to my phone right there and shared. So yeah. if, it's, if it's like yeah. breaking news, we have like 20 stranded whales, mass stranding, and, and the media need to know what's going on. Now that People you've told her that. Now I'm going <laughs> to now. Now demand photos from I the field. I want them from the field, and I want them now. That's going to kill my battery, but Then you won't you be able to it. take any more photos, so it's a balance. I'll mm-hmm. take all seven photos, and all then my seven. camera would be dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They better be good, then. They, okay. they better be really good. Quality over quantity. So you so you got this new fancy camera <laughs> that'll shoot great in uh, low light. Will it also do all the old stuff you used to be able to do, like all your macro shots? and? Oh, yeah. All my lens are still uh, compatible with it, and uh, it just makes it's like a cheat code in a video game. It makes it so much more easier. I only have to really think about all the crazy settings I used to do, but now it's just like kind of point and shoot makes it so much better. Wow, the cameras are like taking over our jobs. They're just right. like doing all the work for you. Point and shoot and uh, beam it right well, to Haley. Yeah. But I would say that there's still a good level of skill involved because you have well, to go the... out and do things like get on a research boat and get a good shot, find the angles, and then stay out of the way, like not get underfoot. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. Well, it's <laughs> probably not easy. That is, it is pretty tricky. Uh, you always got to be kind of sensitive and be aware of your surroundings because uh, nothing angers a scientist more than getting in their way. Um, Especially if they have, like, a shark on board or something there. That that becomes a safety thing. <laughs> oh, and then I completely run away. I get yeah. to the opposite side of the boat. Um, <laughs> no, it's, that's when you just kind of get the creativity of your angles. Um, yeah. 
it's you, you first of all when I go onto these like boats and such, I'll I kind of get a scouting report of where I want to go and where I want to shoot and yeah. where all the action is gonna happen. So I communicate with the scientists to make sure, hey, where are you gonna start doing all your stuff? So I can get away from that when these things happen. Like if an eagle ray is like landed on board, yeah, I know kind of all my situations and uh, where I'm gonna be when the thing happens. So and if have you ever shot any red tide stuff with us? You mentioned that before. Um, I've shot people looking through microscopes okay. at red tide. Because what I was going to ask you is, red tide, you can't really see it. I mean, it's microscopic. It's smaller than your macro lens can get. You can't really see the algae. So how do you make it interesting? How do you make a single cell organism interesting? No, the fact that we can't, we can't see the algae. So how do you make the story interesting of red tide? Well. How do you show what's going on and make it, like, not just, you know. Well, <laughs> it is kind of like a hard subject to kind of photograph and get the message, like, yeah. intoned. But, um, wrong word. But um, Get it across. Get yeah. it across. There we go. Yeah. Um, you just got to think of the effects that Red Tide has on people and animals in the environment. So yeah. um, I think a great message to take uh, from Red Tide is, like, dead fish. So mm-hmm. if we have a Red Tide kill... There's a bunch of fish on the shore, and taking photos of that gets a huge message across, like, hey, red tide is a negative effect here, and um, got to do something about it. I think it's a pretty powerful image. Yeah, you find the stuff that, that people can see and that people understand, yeah. Now, I, I'm sure when you're out there and you're shooting, um, like, say, for instance, pictures of the uh, dead fish on the beach, you'll shoot, like, multiple, multiple angles, different shots, different settings on your camera. What's your, your, do you think there's a percentage of, you know, photos you take as opposed to how many you actually use? <laughs> it's kind of like job resumes. Uh, it's not as bad as uh, sending out 100 and get one response back. Um, well, I'll probably use about um, 50% or maybe 40 30 to 40% of my photos. That's higher than I thought. I think some people like, it's like 5%. 5%, yeah. <laughs> can, and can you imagine back in the day when they were using like film? Oh, it's... Did you start off with film or was it just digital right away? I actually did uh, a film class in high school where I learned how to use the darkroom and everything. And um, yeah, I learned to appreciate that type of photography and how much of a benefit it is for digital nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So and I want to, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, is there a standard lens you like to use um, when you're out shooting? And, uh, you know, a go-to set, like for all these at-home nature photographers, now they know what kind of camera you've got. What kind of lens do you typically Ooh. use? I don't know if I can give up all of this. Can't give up all the secrets? <laughs> no, nah, okay. So I love um, Canon's 70, the 200 millimeter lens. It's a telephoto. And it has the best qual- image quality of any lens I've shot with thus far. And it has a wide range that you can shoot, whether it's like a really far away or kind of event photos of people. So it's a very diverse lens. Mm-hmm. And just the image quality it brings to the table is just a beautiful. So it's a yeah. go-to, go-to lens for like a lot of different projects, sounds like. And the, the millimeters are what? That has to do with the distance of the focus or...? It's the zoom range. The zoom, the zoom range. range. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, so when you're out there, you're mostly handheld, or do you actually like carry a tripod around you, set of sticks? Um, I'm mostly handheld. Um, I'll use tripods if I know if it's like a darker event. Or uh, one case, I did some tarpon tagging, 
in Boca Grande um, was it was like twelve o'clock at night. It's pitch black. Pitch black, <laughs> and so it's very difficult to shoot because I don't really like using flash at all. I try to stay away from it. You don't use flash ever, huh? I use it if it's a necessity, but okay. I, no, I I just don't like flash. Is it because it casts like a hard shadow? Harsh light. Yeah. yeah, I I don't like the harsh light. I'll use any natural lighting that's like in the like if it's like a boat. Uh, lamp overhead, I'll use that as best as I can unless it's absolutely impossible to get an image out. And that's yeah. where your ISO comes in. ISO, yes. So here's your cheat code for everyone. The higher the ISO, the more grainy your photo is going to be, mm. but that also means that your photo is going to be lighter. Mm. So then lower your ISO to like a 100 ISO, it's going to be a darker image. Mm. But l- no grain. No grain. So you got to balance it out when you're in the dark. <laughs> yes. So uh, I wanted to talk about underwater pictures because, like, you you the housing on your camera. Like, how do you how do you decide like what kind of housing to use for a certain project? Do you use the same one all the time, or and what kind of housing is it? Yeah. So <laughs> the type of housing I have is a it's an Ike light, and it's for okay. uh, Canon Rebel SL1. They come with many types of uh, sizes and um, for different si- lenses, types of cameras. Lens. Yeah, like. Um, like ports is what they're yes. called. So um to fit the different lenses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and Haley, what was your question? What kind of uh housing was it? Well yeah, housing, do, yeah. No, yeah, and that's what you said, but do you use the same one for, for everything? Oh, like no. you well would... as we we're talking about ports, I use different ports. So um I'll use like a for a wide angle, it's a huge glass bubble over this thing. Okay. And that's for uh like a fisheye, like a to a Tokina ten to seventeen millimeter. So that like makes the picture kind of bow out, so you can see more of the the field of view. Yes. Okay. Very cool. I, I want to ask you underwater. What's the hardest situation you've had to shoot? Just hardest situation. Um, Give me a good well, example. Unfortunately, the Gulf of Mexico isn't the clearest of <laughs> water anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I was diving with uh, Jim Coulter and Emily Hall, and we were doing some blue holes. Um, deep. Like, <laughs> deep, like thirty miles offshore. Um, we were diving about like a hundred feet. And we were doing some kind of like um, like organism sampling on the along the rim of this hole. Yeah. So these holes, you go down, and it's literally like a hole in the sand where it drops down like 300 feet. So we just go to like this rim of this hole, <laughs> and I had to take photos of every like few feet of this rim, yeah. and then Emily and Jim would go back and analyze what organisms they found along this hole. And so there, it's a very it's pretty dark um so it's tricky with the well if you have the proper strobes and everything it's not too bad but just dealing with like the whole diving and you're kind of over like an abyss and you have to maintain neutral buoyancy and everything it's kind of a little troubling but it's not it's not too terrible (laughs) that yeah it actually sounds to me kind of scary like you have to maintain safety you have to follow scientists not knowing where they're gonna go because that's not your job it's their job and then you have to take pictures of what they want so it's 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 sort of the same way as when you're when you're filming video though um like a lot of the a couple of the times we would go down and we'd have divers just down there holding lights yeah. Oh, gotcha. Just so you could have that lighting set up where it didn't look like it was always coming from behind the camera. Yeah. So like, and so you would light up your scene with different light with different divers, and then you would try to get your your <laughs> uh, shot of the particular animal that they were studying or whatever. Yeah, it's real tricky. Yeah, the light lighting is the biggest key to underwater photography, I think. And video. Oh yeah. And video. Yes. It's, you know, it's what you're doing is you're capturing light. Yeah. Which, that's what you are. So, yeah. like, when you go deeper in the water, what happens to colors? 
the red filters out first, I Yay, think. Haley. And then as you go Cold down, star. I think the last one to filter out is probably blue or purple light, right? Yeah, you are correct. And okay. so when you go down there, when you're just diving, it looks like all the fish are kind of monocolor. Color. Yeah, yeah. Um, but once you bring a light and flash to it, then they actually regain their color and it actually makes like oh there's a pretty fish besides of looking at some like gopro footage it's like oh look all these green green fish, fish. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right you're right everything well, but then, green. You can, then we also because it's digital photography we also have the miracle of editing pho- photoshop and editing and all right but i've been told in a the one course i had that had photography in a science journalism program that you don't just rely on fixing it afterwards no <laughs> it's, it, typically it's crap in crap out yeah um, so you have to bring that light but i think it's pretty cool that you were sort of a one-man photography crew down there in the blue hole that's that's nuts but i like the pictures i remember them they were very good and i could see all those I little see. organisms i could see that there was red and orange and all kinds of invertebrates down there it was really cool oh thank you yeah so we kind of like covered what your gear is but if somebody was going to like want to start off shooting nature photography what what is like the starter kit for somebody do you Mm. think that they could get away with oh well i first thing i'd say is don't go overly expensive Mm. i know a lot of people who jump right into the field and they'll get the best body and the best lenses and then they'll end up giving it up after like a year and end up selling it on eBay or Craigslist or whatnot. (laughs) So I recommend starting kind of like a little cheaper to kind of see if it's actually something that you actually want to pursue. It's something that you have to kind of like step into to actually get a feel of what you're doing. Like any person can scroll on Instagram and be like, oh, Crocky, man, this is a beautiful photo right here. (laughs) And then they try to do it and they can't recreate it because either they're too lazy to actually like learn about it or... Just lazy in general. <laughs> so, but, but you're a fan of Canon, so like a starter, a good starter Canon camera for somebody who was going to get into nature photography would be what do you think? Um, if you're not shooting in darker areas, yeah. actually the Canon out in a field and you're shooting butterflies. Yeah, actually the Canon Rebel SL1 is um, that was my starter camera. Uh, very light and um, image quality is beautiful on and it. Idiot proof. Um, pretty idiot proof. I dropped it once and had to repair it, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, it's pretty good. And a lens, what kind of starter lens? Like I would imagine they wouldn't need a huge lens to start off with, but yeah. is there a good like middle of the road kind of lens? Like I know there's no such thing as a lens that does everything, Yeah. but what true. would be a good, um, starter say, you know, close up lens or, or, uh, zoom lens? Um, Actually, most cameras nowadays come out with, like, two different lenses with it. Uh, it's usually, like, an 18 to 55 and, like, a 70 to 300 millimeter. Um, obviously, they're not the greatest of quality, but they're a great starter set to kind of figure out... What you're going to need. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, like, what do you want to shoot? Because a lot of people, they'll go into photography not knowing what they want to do, whether it's uh, landscape... Um, they want to shoot birds that are in trees, so they need a zoom, or they want to shoot a butterfly that's on a plant, so you need something they can get close up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people kind of like kind of figure out where they want to go. But with these like two lenses, it actually has a pretty good, a uh, pretty diverse range of shooting, and so they can kind of focus in on what they want, and then they can obviously upgrade later on. If somebody, gotcha. if somebody's into marine life photography. Um, Marine animals seem like they're probably pretty tough to find and shoot. Um, if somebody is frustrated and doesn't know how to find good targets for their photography, what would you say? 
That's a really hard question, actually. <laughs> um, it is hard. First, are you underwater? <laughs> it could be either. It could be either underwater, or it could be above. You could be shooting shorebirds. I don't know. Um. Well, that's uh, that's kind of like the end all be all right there. It's a very hard thing to kind of. You, obviously, you can't read wildlife minds, yes. and you don't know where they're going or what they're doing. <laughs> so it's kind of it's good to have some back knowledge on the subject that you are going to photograph. Yeah. Kind of like the habits and uh, their habitats and where they kind of hang out. But other than that, it's like the luck of the draw. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really convenient if there's a seal colony off the coast of California where you know it's going to be 100 yeah. percent of the time, yeah. yeah. Rather than a 12 foot tiger shark. But if your thing if your anywhere. thing is seahorses or something, you'd want to know that here in Florida, look in a grass flat and and, and push the grass aside. Maybe you might. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah, you have to know the habitat that your subject is. Well, and trying to get a shot of a dolphin that surfaces is that's hard. It's very hard. You have to, like, gauge where they're going to come up and snap the photo just in time. So you probably have to spend a heck of a lot of time in that environment and watch it. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of observing, too. Mm. A lot of Most of the time when I'm out there, it's not really actually taking photos. It's kind of... Looking. Looking and watching and observing. And then the beauty about digital cameras, besides taking a single photo, if a dolphin comes up, you can just kind of hold down the... <laughs> hundred photos right there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow, that's a great shot. Yeah, I hope that's what that was. <laughs> oh god! So like, if uh, what was I just gonna say? You threw me off with that thing. Oh sorry. Oh crap! I can't remember. <laughs> oh, she just said that word too. Oh, I can't remember. Well, um, I don't know. That's right. So, what's your? Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you about about whether you. When it's you... amazing to watch her brain work. Oh, wow. <laughs> This deserves a photo right here. I feel like a specimen. <laughs> so when you dive and you're trying to get anything underwater, do you always wear a rebreather? Do you always do something to keep the bubbles from scaring your subject? Um, I do not use a rebreather. I if I was gonna go on a real like expedition, if I knew what I was gonna shoot, if I was gonna shoot like sharks, sharks are very timid with oh. bubbles and such, so I would try to find a rebreather for that. Okay. Um but I do not use that as of right now. I do a lot more like macro, which fish are a little more curious at that point. And they'll kind of like, Just oh, hang. hey, what's going on, buddy? You <laughs> kind of come up to you. But, um, yeah, if you're doing like sharks or any other like sensitive subjects like eagle rays and turtles and stuff, um, use a rebreather. They, they do not like bubbles. Okay. And uh, one more dumb question. I saw one time uh, somebody used like a red filter for their underwater shots to bring some of the – have you ever tried that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So red filter for underwater, is that just to take some of the blueness out? No, well, it's to add the red to it. Add the red. Because you lose the red. You lose the red. Okay, there you yeah. go. So balance the red with the blueness and the yes. greenness. Thank okay. you, Joe. That was good. Well, sorry, yeah. I... You know no, the, I, I, I know mean, how much underwater you, stuff you've done. I used to. This used is video to. Joe, man. This is video Joe we're talking to. Um, but, hey, getting back to you. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. What about, uh, you must have a favorite uh, photographer, or, or specifically a wildlife photographer, and I think I know who you're going to say. But who do you think? They have a museum in the Everglades. Oh, really? Clyde Butcher. Yes, Clyde Butcher is an amazing photographer who's very unique in his ways and practices of photography. Um, he's old school, uh, dark room, uh, just one photo. Um, but anyway, yeah, Clyde Butcher. He just, he shoots in the Everglades. All he does is black and white and all landscape and just incredible contrast and lighting and natural 
Just everything natural. He's very old school. I can think of a lot of like neat swamp scenes from him. Just a lot of like cypress trees and Spanish moss kind of stuff. Does he do a lot of like focus on the animal or is it all landscape that you've seen? From what I've seen, it's pretty much all, all landscape. landscape okay. All yeah. landscape. But, but that's not, you didn't say that was your favorite. He is one of my favorites, actually. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, there's some Nat Geo guys out there, like Brian Skiri. He does, um, <laughs> uh, actually, he's talking to at Moat here in a little bit. Special lecture series. Wow, that in, was a convenient plug, wasn't it? <laughs> was it March? He's speaking. I believe it's in March. Yeah, you can Look go, at our event You can calendar. go to uh, moat.org forward slash lecture. You can find out um, what he's talking. He may be sold out, though. He's so popular. He is popular. He is. So, yeah, pretty cool guy. We're, just... we're kind of running out of time here, Connor. Uh, but oh, we do darn. appreciate you coming on and, and telling us and giving us some tips on uh, your awesome photography. Well, and uh, uh, we, we were, we'd be remiss if we hadn't mentioned that um, he has done uh, a, a couple of uh, science cafes now and uh, some talks to some of the, was it uh, youth? Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, youth Conservation Summit? Y- yeah, the Youth Conservation Summit. Um Teach yeah. them something. He and, still kind of uh, is the youth, right? Well, he, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, he's got some gray hairs, but he's not old. <laughs> I don't know how he's got that many because he's pretty young. Okay, right. so um, where can people see some of Connor's pictures? Where do they show up just in case people want to go see them? I know they're in a bunch of Moat Magazine. They have a lot of uh, yes. my photos in there and then a bunch of the brochures. And you'll actually see some of my stuff throughout the aquarium, too, on some uh informative signs and such um, yeah so when you're standing by one of our exhibits and you're like what's that fish and, and you, you see it in the id you see this digital id screen with like fish flashing across it with their that names that was probably con that was? was probably me so you can also find the photos at uh our photo archive site at a photo shelter and so the address for that is moatmarinelab.photoshelter.com and you'll find uh, a few photos i've selected for um public viewing which is Kind of a, uh, a good, good diversity of photos that I, I kind of do around here at Moat. Yeah, and he's pretty humble, but they're really cool. <laughs> well, thank you again very much for uh, sitting down and talking with us. And uh, Thank you for dealing with me. It's been illuminating. It's been, yes, quite since he deals with photons. And light, yes. yes. Light, photons, units of light. Units of light. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And as usual, we will see you in two weeks for another episode of 2C Fans at Moat. Toodle.